1: Sports Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Cougars by twenty. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. It's, it's Cougar, Cougar Sports, Sports Saturday. Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, on your legacy home of BYU Sports. SL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160
2: AM. Good afternoon Cougar Nation. Welcome into another edition of Cougar Sports Saturday. It's a bye week for BYU football after 10 grueling weeks. The Cougar football team gets a much needed bye, but we never take Saturdays off. We're here ever, all throughout the year every week. From noon to three, talking BYU sports. We've got a lot to unpack today, though. We will get to some BYU football talk, despite the bye week. We'll give you get you up to speed on what's been happening this week during the bye and kind of revisit that Boise State win, which was a great win for the Cougars. We'll also be joined by Dave McCann from BYU TV and also BYU basketball. As Matt, uh, the Cougars came up short in a... Rivalry game against the Aztecs, but it was a valiant effort from the Cougs.
0: It was a great effort, and that's where we're going to start today's show. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. Late last night, the Aztecs held on to beat BYU, who led at the half, 40-36. to 36. They end up losing 82-75, to 75. and after their performance at home in the opener against Idaho State, you just felt like, hey, this team is so new and they're very inexperienced. There's no way they're going to go to Viejas Arena and compete with the Aztecs, top 20 Aztecs who have, you know, of their top 10 players, nine of them juniors or seniors. So they're very experienced. BYU battled like it was it was very impressive. And I, I had to catch myself late in that game, Mitch, reminding myself Don't get frustrated, don't get angry, because going into this game, you just wanted them to compete. Because you could have very easily, I I think, said, they're going to get blown out. Like, they can't shoot the three, the turnovers. And those are issues, again, against the Aztecs, but they battled. They were up. They had a lead, uh, sub-10 minutes to go in that game. And I think turnovers... And the free throw disparity, that caught up to them, but let's remember, this team is young, this team is new in terms of Rudy Williams is new, Jackson Robinson is new, they're figuring things out, so I was very encouraged by that performance, even though uh, some of the issues we saw against Idaho State, they were still there, but nevertheless, um, I like to see that these guys battled on the road.
2: It was uh, impressive, the fight that BYU showed against a nationally ranked team, and We even discussed in the extended pregame last night leading up to tip-off that BYU, when they go up against San Diego State, that tends to bring out the best in BYU, kind of like Boise State in football brings out the best in the Cougar football team. I think that was a little bit of a case there. And I think sometimes San Diego State has this uneasiness or nerves. It almost feels like BYU brings out this just nervousness, like we see with BYU against Utah in football. But uh, it was a fun game, and... I'll tell you too, Matt, I think, and I'm, I'm doubling down on it, I think that the San Diego State Basketball Series is one that I want to keep. I almost value it more than Utah Basketball Series. And I say that That's because... That's crazy. I say that because last night, on a Friday night in November, National College Basketball people were actually kind of paying attention and they were tuning in on a Mountain West network, a streaming service. Hey, I liked that it. it was free. <laughs> it was free. But I, I thought... I just think this is a big-time game. Every time these two teams play on the hardwood, it's big-time, and it kind of registers BYU in the national conversation a little bit. I I just think it's a great series, and I'd like to see it continue in the Big 12. It's just tough for BYU because they have a lot of rivals, and they want to maintain all of them as much as they can. Uh, But I just really respect this rivalry. I think it's always good basketball. I will say, though, some things that I didn't like about this game, the turnovers. BYU commits 20 turnovers, eight of which— from Rudy Williams, and he's now averaging six turnovers per game. He, he ended up in the first one with four, so six per game through the first two games. That is a problem of, and I'm not singling out just solely Rudy, but uh, he, he accounted for eight of the 20, and that's got to get fixed from
0: the starting point guard. you got to take care of the ball when you're a young basketball team. The two things that have bothered me about Rudy Williams so far, and look, I say this all with a grain of salt because I'm trying really hard not to overreact. We're two games in. Like, I I keep trying to tell myself we're two games in. Like, Coach Pope this week in his media availability wished that this game was game 10. Because they just have a long way to go. So, I got to keep that in mind. With that being said, other than the turnovers, which is a problem, the two things that have jumped off the page to me is, number one, where's the three-point shooting with Rudy Williams? He had multiple shots against the Aztecs where he was wide open. Dude at Coastal Carolina shoots over 40%. He is struggling from three. That's a concern because I thought he had a chance to be one of the team's best shooters. That has not been the case. And then even more so than that, and I can't back this up with facts. This is just what I'm saying, and I think Coach Pope has seen it too. The offense looks so much better with Dallin Hall at point guard. There's just more flow uh, look, Down Hall had four turnovers too, so he wasn't yeah. immune to turning the ball over against the Aztecs. And I did think that moment was a little deer in the headlights for Down Hall. How could it not be? That place is hostile. He's fresh off a mission. That's his second basketball game. I'm not going to beat him up for it. But when he's running the show, it just feels like, hey, this is a half court offense that can go through sets and get a good shot. And with Rudy, it just seems like it's pedal to the metal. Hundred miles an hour, we're racing up the floor, and if I get a layup, great. If I don't, it's a turnover. I don't like that. You need your point guard, especially in road games and close games, to be able to run sets. And in a, I, in a perfect world, you don't have to look to Coach Pope and get the play, but you just have that intelligence as the quarterback of the offense to run the right plays and get people shots. And I think Dallin Hall has been much better at that part of being a point guard. Yeah, I
2: think also too what's been An interesting storyline that's emerged through this first week of the BYU basketball season as the Cougars are now 1-1 and after their first two games. Spencer Johnson, he's the guy that's becoming the best player, the bucket getter, the guy that you need a shot to go down. He's that guy apparently for BYU. Last night he's 17 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. He got 7 rebounds too, 1 assist, only 2 turnovers in 33 minutes. Spencer Johnson's put in a ton of work, in his story, as Mark Pope has discussed with us in the media, it's a great one. I mean, he goes from American Fork High School to Weber State, then he bounces over to Utah Valley with Mark Pope, and then Mark Pope leaves for BYU, so Spencer Johnson is left in the weeds at UVU, so he goes to Salt Lake Community College, and now he's a starter at BYU, and he's making the most of his opportunity, and I think he's having a great season thus far. Will he maintain it? We'll see. But he's put in the work, and I think that that's been a great story to see. What's exciting, too, Matt, and I think the theme with this year, and I know it's it's tough to kind of say these sort of lines, but I feel like this year has always been about building towards the Big 12, and Spencer Johnson is going to take advantage of that COVID year, so he's only a junior. And so he's got one more year after the season. We're seeing this type of level of play from Spencer Johnson in a big stage. You hope that can carry over next season into the Big 12 so that's a positive development that we're seeing from this BYU team
0: yeah I I agree Spencer Johnson has been awesome this year I I love that he has seized the moment he he had a lot of flashes last year but offensively he wasn't as consistent as we've seen this year And I hope that continues he's been great I I just think man we're gonna get to a a place here soon because there's a lot of games coming up for BYU basketball that we're not going to learn a whole lot about like I'm just, what's the next interesting game creighton in vegas i mean yeah and that's several weeks away so i mean maybe missouri state
2: coming up on wednesday but our, our listeners are hearing that going missouri state uh, you know like last year they were a tough team but still like you should be in the marriott center you should win uh but yeah you're right i mean outside of You know, we got battle for Atlantis. BYU's got that coming up. We're going to learn a lot. So they got
0: Missouri State, then they got Nichols, and then their battle for Atlantis, and they will learn some things. They got USC for sure, and Tennessee or Butler. So and Tennessee beat Gonzaga in a scrimmage by twenty. So (laughs) if if they if they beat USC, they're probably getting the Vols, and the Vols are loaded this year. Yeah. So I I guess the point I'm trying to get to though is we're going to get to a point where we're wondering. Do we just need to go full-blown youth movement? Mm. Or are we just going to keep playing Rudy Williams 30 minutes a game? And, again, I'm not trying to overreact. I I don't think we can answer that question yet. But if you're not going to be getting an NIT, like fringe bubbles or NIT, I feel like you just got to go for the Mm. youth. Because you're also going to get Trevin Nell back at some point. And it can't come at the expense of Trey Stewart, Richie Saunders, Dallin Hall, you can't shave their minutes. They played 13, 11, and 15, and I'd like to see more. You can't shave those minutes. So the the only way you get other people more minutes is Jackson Robinson. I don't think you want to shave those. It's no. only 20. It's, it's Rudy Williams or and, and Gideon George. Yeah. Those are the two. And let me spring this question on you. It's two, it's two games in, and they competed against San Diego State, so maybe this is an overreaction. It probably is. Do you mess with the starting lineup at all? Or, 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 are you happy with it?
2: I think you give it until post battle for Atlantis. I feel like that's kind of the sweet spot because you've got a couple games at home with Missouri State and Nichols that you should win. Maybe even after next week, before battle for Atlantis. Maybe that's maybe these next two home games because if you, I mean, we're forgetting on Monday night, BYU got taken to the horn against Idaho State, who was a sub three hundred team. And they're going to probably be better than what the preseason prognostications forecasted, but it was still Idaho State. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, like the the Fighting Taysom Hills up in Pocatello. Like they, they the should not have <laughs>
0: Taysom Hills. He never played there.
2: <laughs> hey, he played in Holt Arena. He, I saw those highlights when he was in high school at Highland High.
0: Uh, more I... appropriately, would have been here's a deep cut for you: the Fighting John Reese Peoples, <laughs> John Raheem Peoples, the Wayne Tay
2: Kirby's.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, I know my Pocatello history as I have family up there. Anyway, uh, you know, BYU, is it's a mixed bag so far. I just feel like at, in a best-case scenario, Matt, I think this is a NIT team, even if you roll out the seniors. So that's where I'm kind of like, I'm okay with a youth movement yeah. if, if they did go to that. I, but I do think after Battle for Atlantis, that's where you kind of reassess. Yeah. I think that's kind of the sweet
0: spot. I will and say this, though. That's where you go from The there. reason I asked the starting lineup question is 13 points off the bench and their bench play last night was Noah Waterman, who's been very underwhelming to yeah. start, and then a bunch of young guys. Trey Stewart, Atiki, Richie Saunders, Down Hall. There's three freshmen in there and a sophomore off the bench. If you're not going to get anything from Noah Waterman, would you consider swapping Atiki and Gideon George? Gideon George probably deserves to start hmm. for as long as he's been here. I'm just wondering, could he succeed better sure. being the sixth man? We're going to go through you. Maybe have a little, you know, Jordan Clarkson vibe. That was my the, first thought up, when you said it. Put up the shots. I'm just I'm just wondering, do you move, or maybe it's Rudy. Yeah. I, that, that might be a tough pill for Rudy Williams to swallow, but you come in and, and say, if you could convince him, like the Lakers are trying to do with Russ Westbrook, come in, it's your show, green light, do whatever. I, I just wonder if you have to consider that if you're not going to get great bench production. I, I like that idea because I will say, Atiki is a critical piece
2: for BYU in the future, and I want that guy to get more minutes. And I think he's still learning. I mean, there's, I mean, the leaps he's made from last year at this time to now, it's night and day. And I want that progress to continue uh, at light speed this year because I want him to be in a position where I believe he can be in a best-case scenario. I feel Atiki, because of his body type, his skill set— he could be maybe an all Big Twelve guy down the road. That's that I have high hopes for Atiki. I'll just say that I, I think that he could be a special player for BYU. So if it benefits Atiki and he can really this this year can he can progress in a quick manner this year, I I'm willing to do that because I think that he is critical for BYU success in the future. Let me say this too. I think Foose, man, that guy is so good and he's six foot six and he plays well beyond his size. I love watching Foose, and he's just businesslike. It's it's study hall. It's basketball. That's all Foose cares about, and that guy just brings uh, brings in relentless effort every single night, and he's so tough. I mean, the way that BYU battled on the glass against a San Diego State team that out-rebounded UCLA in their secret scrimmage by about like, 10, 15 rebounds, like that speaks to like how good Foose is and yeah. the effort BYU put in. But they just couldn't get the job done,
0: and uh, they got to reassess and try to, try to tweak some things because it was a missed opportunity. The team who's won the rebounding battle the past four years has won this game since Coach Poets been the coach. We'll take the break here on Cooper Sports Saturday, a little more recap on what happened last night down in Southern California. Then we'll get to some football, and uh, we'll get to some text as well. five seven five zero zero. back after this.
2: back in. Cougar Sports Saturday, Mitch Harper, Matt Bayamonte. Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday afternoon. BYU football in a bye week. Next week, they will be in action against Utah Tech Senior Day, One thirty kick. We'll get uh, extended pregame started next week at 10 a.m., so Save uh, set your calendars accordingly. I'm looking forward. to BYU that. Utah Tech Senior Day it's seasons flown by. I love that game though. There's going to be so many new faces. <laughs> we we will get to some of those faces that we will be talking about because yeah, we us uh, BYU football degenerates love that game because the, these uh, deep cuts that we get to see in that game. But we got to close the book on uh, BYU basketball as, as again the Cougars fall to San Diego State on Montezuma Mesa, 82 to 75. A missed opportunity, and I hope it's one of those deals, or it's, I hope it's not one of those deals, Matt, where BYU shocks us this year, and they're they're in March, and they're maybe lacking a signature win, and you go, ah, that could have been that one. I, I don't know. I'm not banking on that scenario, but uh, still, it was it was a missed opportunity. For Are you BYU with one
0: team. of the 75% of people who have voted on our Twitter poll, which you can find on KSL Sports, that you'd like to see this game continued on an annual basis? Because they have one more game scheduled yes. next year at the Married Center, and that's it. You you want to see that just year after year after year home and home and home.
2: I do, I think I do because when these two teams play, it's it's a high level basketball game and it's not going to hurt you. Uh, I think the and I just think that San Diego State fans. I'm never going to think that San Diego State fans are just this awe inspiring fan base. They're they're but they're pretty good for basketball. They, great. They don't they don't show up for football, but they care about their hoops. And I think it's just it's a great matchup and. I think San Diego State, and it could be, down the road, it could be a Pac-12 game. Heck, it could be a conference game, maybe. Maybe it's Big 12. I don't know. No,
0: no. I'm I'm (laughs) not interested in that. I'm not interested in the Aztecs. But it could be Big 12, Pac-12, and I'm down with that. Absolutely. I'm just down with playing the game. Look, I think you're going to disagree with me when I say this, but I still want to play these three games every single year. Okay, who are they? San Diego State, home and home. I'm down with that. If this team doesn't also join the Big Twelve, I will still want to play Gonzaga every year, home and
4: home. Ooh,
0: wow! I like that game. I think the coaches respect each other. Matt or Matt, Mark Pope would say, "Matt, are you trying to get me fired?" <laughs> That's what you're doing right <laughs> and now. And then Utah. Okay. Even though those are yeah. look, and Utah's been down, but I I think that'll still be a top 150 game. So think
2: about this: all those three games. Plus an MTE, which MTE for those listeners out there, that's like the battle for Atlantis. A tournament. Big twelve SEC challenge. Big twelve Big East Challenge. That's that's where it becomes like you can't have all three. But
0: I like the idea. I though. would still do it though, because there are a lot of those teams, Gonzaga will do this. Yeah. They'll but you're in the Big play. Twelve now. You got twenty guaranteed quad one games. Who cares? Play the games. It's fun. <laughs> it's entertaining you for us you degenerates want to be, on the radio. Do you want to see the Aztecs come to Provo? Or do you want to see the <laughs> Mississippi Valley State
2: come rolling in? Well, the season records nine and twenty one. Maybe you want Mississippi <laughs> Valley State.
0: <laughs> Good point. Uh, we'll take the break here on the other side. Hey, we're gonna we have a giveaway. We're gonna get to our giveaway. We're gonna talk some football. So get the text ready. Five seven five zero zero. That's how you're gonna have a chance to win some movie tickets. We'll give you the details. On the other side. Keep listening to Cougar Sports Saturday news, traffic, and weather up next.
1: This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Cougar Sports 20. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar Fans. For Cougar Fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts. Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. B-Y-U. On your legacy home of BYU sports. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM
0: at 1160 AM. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, a bye week for football. That's not going to stop us from talking to you. No, sir. And we, I think we need to touch on what happened on the blue turf last week, too, because that was significant. And we haven't had a chance to really break that down. Even though it's old news, I think we should hit on that. But before we get to that, we want to start our giveaway. We're giving away... This, look, this is the first giveaway we've done on Cougar Sports Saturday in a long time. We're stoked about it. We have some Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie tickets. The movie is taking place Monday night at Jordan Commons. We have 12 tickets to give away. We're going to group them in fours. So we'll we'll take three winners. And Mitch... How can those driving around, listening, who maybe want to have a family night at Black Panther, how can they win these sets of tickets?
2: They can text us five seven five zero zero, and
0: I think we agreed that they're going to
2: text in their favorite BYU football play from this Boise State game.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, because it was a, it was a big win, and there were some great plays. What was your favorite moment? From BYU's win on the blue turf, and it could be a long time before BYU wins on the blue turf again. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Tell us what your favorite you moment qualify. was from the game. The first three people to text, we're going to reach out to you, and you will be on the list for four tickets to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever Monday night at Jordan Commons. I've heard uh, good things about this movie. 57500, five, zero, zero, and yes. You, I've heard some good things as well. I do
2: want to see it because typically I'm not much of the Marvel guy anymore, but this one seems like it's going to be really good. So I'm I'm interested to see this one. And you can text us at five seven five zero zero. Just share your uh, your favorite moment from the BYU Boise State game. That's all you got to do. That qualifies you. Give me one word. It can be twenty words. Whatever you got to do. Just send in the text five seven five zero zero, and that qualifies you for a chance to win those tickets to Wakanda Forever, and you'll get four tickets
0: to go to Monday night showing. My favorite moment from the game. Uh, let's break this game down a little bit, and then we'll talk about what's happening during the bye week and looking ahead to what can take place next uh, Saturday, which is Senior Day when Utah Tech comes to Provo. It's hard. No- oh, my. Uh, we're getting a lot of texts here. So uh, we might already have the three winners. That was quick. Hey, you know, I actually love this one. I think this is uh, winner number one. Let's Let's get to it. Winner number one is thirty 32 thirty two twenty one. Favorite player was the Ropati's touchdown. It's hard to argue with that. That was pretty legit. That was, I mean, it's easy to focus on uh Puka who I wrote as being the MVP on castlesports.com. I mean, that was pretty obvious, right? However, Ropati, that was maybe the unsung hero type performance of the game. And I loved how they used him, too. It was like up the gut, some screen plays. He can break tackles. Uh, 82 yeah.
2: receiving yards
0: for Rapati. Rapati, they they have some nice options at running back for the rest of the year, actually. Because Rapati's a guy who had fumbling issues when he had spot duty previously. But when you play like he did against Boise State with the stakes, bowl eligibility on the line, and you produce like that, you, you still got to play, don't you?
2: No, no question. And I think that... You know, Hinkley Ropati's a guy that uh, I remember when he came to BYU as a Juco transfer in 2020. You know, Jeff Grimes said in that preseason press conference that Hinkley Ropati's going to be a guy to the point where it seemed like he was going to be the primary backup to Tyler Algier. And then he suffered that ACL injury in fall camp and he was never heard from again. And he comes in out of nowhere against Notre Dame and then has that one carry and it's a fumble. And you're like, well,. This guy might ever see might not ever see the light of day again on this BYU football team, but he gets a chance again because of all the injuries that have happened. BYU turns to its depth, and Ropati is basically what the fifth string running back, fourth string, however you slice it up. Uh, he pr- produced in a big way, and he's made a name for himself. And you know, as, as far as ball carrier goes, he ended up with five carries for twenty eight yards, but still five point six yards per carry. You like that? That's something to build off of for a guy that. Uh, really got his first significant playing action for BYU, so I thought that was a fun story that night up on the blue and and it's interesting when you're around the BYU team they all call him Falau uh, Rapati because that's his middle name and that's what he goes by so Falau Rapati uh, but Hinckley is his, his performance his made me name. want to
0: get a filet Rapati <laughs> after that that was fun. hey uh, also the giveaways over uh, that took uh, maybe less than one minute well done listeners uh so hey we love that people listen and we promise you we're gonna have more giveaways we've made it clear here that we know you BYU fans who listen to the show you guys are loyal and true and we're gonna start hooking you up on a more frequent basis but uh we already have like over 20 text messages so it happened fast here's the second winner Texter 0748 uh first kickoff was there I don't I'm going to skip that, even though even though that that person wins. Uh, and, and then here's and here's the last winner: eighty-eight, eighty-eight, eight, 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 eight. That's, That's a heck, heck of a number. The catch. Was that
2: your favorite moment? That was awesome. I mean, it was. Gosh, it was such a cool moment. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of weird in, in the press box too. Sometimes it's just those press box environments are just so sterile, and it's just there's no emotion. You couldn't help but react. Like, no one's cheering, per se. But it's like this audible gasp of, like, he just did that. Like, how did he make that catch? It was incredible, that that play. And, look, Puka Nakua, this might be a hot take. I don't know how Cougar Nation feels about this. I think he's the best receiver in BYU history. I think he is, Matt. I can't go there. I think the only guy that, has a, that you could say is maybe better than Puka Nakua is Austin Colley. I don't need to see a guy clock in every single day for four years to know he's an incredible elite talent. Puka Nakua, really the first sample size of him being fully healthy, that guy just dominated a football game and was outstanding. You know, the bummer, the downside to him having as great of a game as he did, he probably is moving on to the NFL because up until that game, up until probably the Liberty game, he wasn't putting much up because of injuries. His availability was not there. And, but this last three weeks, he's been just outstanding. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does against Stanford and probably the bowl game. But, uh, you know, I just think Puka, as far as his talent goes, he is the best that I've ever seen at BYU. I really do. I think he's right there with Austin Colley. Those are the top two to me. And then third is, is Cody Hoffman. I just think rave reviews for Puka Naku. I think the guy is outstanding.
0: You know what I loved about that play, too, is even though there was a – a good chance that you wouldn't have completed the, the pass. Like a, a fade is, it's actually not a high percentage play. We on this show in particular had been begging for weeks to get the ball to the best players in the important situations. We ripped them in the Notre Dame final drive for not giving it, uh, letting Jaron Hall do something or getting Puka involved, and we felt the same way in the, at the end of the East Carolina game. And in this game, it was hey, you know what? Hall, you're going to throw a pass because you're probably our best player, and you're going to throw it to best player 1B, Puka Nakua offensively. And if, and if we don't make the play, I don't think we would have come on here and ripped them for it. We would have said, hey, it's a bummer you lost, but I love that you tried to dial up Puka Nakua on a critical play. I just Those are things we had been wanting for a lot of the year, and we got them in droves in that game. And I thought that was just a big step forward. It's like, get the playmakers the football, let Jaron do some things, let Puka do some things, check and check. And uh, the fact that they got a win on top of that was great. You
2: know, it's, it's also been fun to see Jaron Hall run the football more again. Like, yep. in the beginning, beginning of the year where you're so cautious and wanting to keep him healthy for a full 12 game season, uh, you know, you, I understand not designing many runs, and they still don't. But I like that Jaron has just said, you know what, I've gotta run because when the season's on the line and you gotta earn a, a guaranteed, you know, postseason bid, he had to deliver on the ground. And I he thought did. that I thought that was great to see the past two weeks. He's been running more and he just shows his athleticism. And any NFL team that gets him, you're getting a guy that He's a pass first quarterback but man he has so many intangibles when it comes when he decides to run the football. He it feels like he he has that ability kind of like Taysom Hill where the moment he starts to run you think something special is going to happen anytime he runs. And that's just always fun to watch. Again, I always kind of hold my breath because I want him to stay healthy and play a full season and credit to him so far, knock on wood, he has and that's been awesome to see because Jaron. Um, is so critical to this BYU team, and uh, hopefully they can uh, well, finish he, this season out strong.
0: He's going to play a whole season because he's he's not going to play the full game against Utah Tech unless things go. Matt, or. just let's not speak anything into existence. I'm speaking it into existence. Don't, Matt, don't he will say be that. Out after the second drive of the third quarter, and preferably at halftime. He's out. Matt, just do do not mess with this sort of stuff. I'm
2: not, I am a believer in these, uh, these curses. I am believe, I'm What's a believer. What's the curse? Broadcaster curses, man. Just, you, you can't mess with that stuff. Okay. Just, just don't, hey, then don't play him at all because I, w- I want to see Jacob Conover, <laughs> actually. I'm, I'm just saying, Matt. I'm just, we, we got to just, there's still two weeks left. Like, I don't want any, some, <laughs> some crazy snap under center somehow that causes a kneel down and then suddenly there's a debit in the field. I don't know. Okay. Just, let's just, Let's just hold off, and then
0: at the end There's of the season, season field malfunctions. It. Come on, it's a bye week. Everyone, should, everyone should be healthy. The field should be in pristine condition. There's no high school playoffs <laughs> ripping up the turf. Should be ready to go. Uh, he's going to play a
2: full year, sure. though. Yeah. It's been impressive that he's been able to play. It. And look, they finally kind of came out and said to Aaron Roddick that those four weeks he was <laughs> dealing with the shoulder, they kind of downplayed it, and rightfully so. I get it. You don't want to lend you're not gonna make excuses. And that's one thing about Jaron. He never makes any excuses. The guy always okay, takes accountability. That's... But his shoulder was
0: was bothering him that in month of October. So why did we dial up a long ball in the first <laughs> play of Notre Dame?
2: I will never understand that, Matt. Uh that was so confusing. I wish I wish in that moment, because we heard in the preseason, Jaron Hall has a lot more autonomy than any quarterback that Aaron Roderick has ever had. I
0: haven't seen it.
2: I know. I wish there was times where Jaron would say, you know what? a I-, I see your play. I'm throwing it out. Cancel. I'm, call- I'm calling something different. Because that was what Max Hall did back in the day. You know, Max Hall so many times would check out of plays and go to something else. And I think there's just kind of a, a respect where Jaron just naturally respects his, I don't want to say elders, but just his coaches. He's not going to disrespect them. I sometimes like him to just say, you know what? I'm running something different. Sorry. Like that. We're not doing
0: that. Hey, my shoulder's jacked <laughs> up. We're going to hand it off to Chris Brooks here to start the game in a neutral side. <laughs> Gosh, you could wish you could get that chance again against Notre Dame. They're starting to look pretty good, too, actually. They, they are, are laying it on Navy. Yeah. Let's take the break. On the other side, let's do this. Because you and I are degenerates. We know, I mean, you even more than me. know this community. You know this roster from 1 to 200. You know them all. Let's get to a few guys that we want to see next week against Utah Tech. Because we know this week at practice there's an emphasis on fundamentals and getting some young guys prepared to possibly play. Let's get to some guys we're looking forward to seeing next Saturday. We'll do that next. Scougar Sports Saturday. Right here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. If you texted in for the Black Panther tickets on Monday night, uh, our producer, Dallin Graff, is, uh, is contacting you. So stay alert, stay by your phones. That was an impressive display by Cougar Nation. Wanting those tickets. I got to tell you, we considered keeping them to ourselves. I want to see the movie, too. And, and, I do. And Mitch has a couple boys, so uh, be grateful. We thought about just going uh, Cougar Sports Saturday style to this, but we gave them away.
2: That is true. We we, we give back to our <laughs> listeners any way that we can. You know, hey, BYU fans, they got one more chance to go to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a home game last who Home is going to
0: walk and get the blanket that we'll see next year? <laughs>
2: That's what I'm curious to see. Next week, Utah Tech is Senior Day. Who's going to get their senior blanket? And also, what young guys will have a huge game that uh, makes us think, ooh, could this translate <laughs> to actual games in the future? These FCS games are kind of interesting from that standpoint. So let me, should we start off with Kate? Okay, young guys? Who are the? since we teased it? Who are the young guys that you think you're excited to see in that Utah Tech game? Because, let's face it, BYU should should blow them out, right? I mean, yeah, so
0: I I obviously want to see Conover. Yes. It's, 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 uh, you know, specifically, though, Mitch, I want to see him run the offense. Like, sometimes in these games they get in and the score is so ballooned that it's handoff, 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 maybe a quick slant. That's not going to help anybody. Like, let him run the offense – and then two guys that I hope to see with Conover is Anthony Olson hmm. at tight end. I just, you know, there's so much potential there. Hasn't played a lot of football, but let, let's see what he can do. And then Parker Kingston at wide receiver, a lot of speed. Maybe he could become a Dax Milne type receiver down the road. I'd love to see uh, those guys offense on the offensive side. Yeah,
2: Those are great picks. I want to see on the defensive line Isaiah Moa. Uh, former four-star out of Weaver High School. You know, it's it's taken some time for him to, uh, um, you know, he hasn't really suited up uh, for games. So uh, learning curve, but hopefully he gets a chance in this one to see, just kind of show some flashes. He, he In the back half of fall camp, um, he was showing some glimpses of his pass rushing ability, but it takes time. I mean, I think you want to be patient with these guys and, and not put the weight of the world on them right away. It's just kind of, Unfortunate because you look at how this BYU defensive line has played, and is there concern that he didn't crack into that too deep? I, again, he's young though. I, I think I'm, I'm willing to be patient, and I'm curious to see Ice Moa play in, in this one. I also want to see you know some of the young offensive linemen for sure, but I think too that uh, you know these quarterbacks, especially, is what I want to see. I want to see Conover. I want to see even Soljaiava. You know because Maiava It's interesting. He's in his third year in Aaron Roderick's quarterback room, and maybe he's just an arm. I don't know. But it feels like, why would you invest that much time into someone as a quarterback if you don't feel like they're a quarterback? And you know, back in spring, Aaron Roderick said he was one of the most improved players in the program. uh, Back in spring. So I'm I'm curious to see what that looks like. The last time we saw him in a game was against Navy. Back in 2020. Uh, Nick Billups as well, too. I'd I'd be curious to see him. Kate Finnegan's banged up uh, with an ankle there. Uh, Also, I think some other guys that maybe I'd want to see. Another young wide receiver, Dominique Henry. He was the leader in receiving yards in the state of Florida last year. He's at BYU as a preferred walk-on. I'd like to see him. And uh, you mentioned him already, Anthony Olson. I think he's an interesting preferred walk-on player who could be a scholarship guy next year out of Olympus High yeah. School.
0: Good, good, good picks. I always love this game just because like, these games do have value other than just getting a win. Like you want to see these young guys and and just to get the meaningful snaps. And I think one of the reasons the Boise State game was so important for BYU is for the future, not for now, because. Mm-hmm. For now, the season was a miss. It was a swing, swing and a miss, and uh, it's not a successful season. They did not meet, uh, meet the expectations with as much talent as they had. However, you get the bull practices. You know, it remains to be seen what Jaron Hall is going to do, but in a perfect world, from my perspective, Jaron Hall declares to the draft, and he focuses on that. Because, look, that has value, too, Mitch. And there's no much, there's no, nothing else that he
2: can prove here at BYU.
0: No. I mean, I, I'd love to see him back, though. I'd love, I'd love it too, but if he's gonna go, go, and then you get fifteen practices with Conover yeah. plus a game against a good opponent, and then then we then we know what we got to do in the offseason, right? We'll
2: talk more BYU football on the other side with Dave McCann from BYU TV. He'll join us next. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSLsports.com. BYU.
1: This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Sports Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Covers by 20. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans or Cougar fans. It's, it's Cougar Sports, Sports Saturday. Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. <laughs> KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
2: Hour number two is off and running here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Hope you're enjoying your BYU football bye week. We're watching a lot of college football today. That's one of the nice things about the bye weeks. You get the chance to watch some other teams around the country. LSU's been in a a battle with Arkansas, and Arkansas's got their backup quarterback. We saw that Arkansas team just locked and loaded offensively, but... uh, Given everything they can handle to the LSU. And it kind of gives a lens, Matt, into how difficult of a schedule BYU football has played this year. I think it kind of, yes, they've underperformed, but this BYU team has, has faced a tough schedule. Let's talk some more BYU football and also some BYU basketball with one of our favorite guests. He works with BYU TV. You can see him on BYU Sports Nation game day. He is Dave McCann. Dave, how are you enjoying your, your rare off week in the, in the football season?
5: Well, I just had lunch with my kids, and uh, it's a blue sky with some clouds floating above it, and it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, I wish these bye weeks occurred in early October so the guys could rest a little bit. <laughs> that's the beauty of what went on to this Big 12. I just had an article posted, in fact, just in this last hour on Deseret.com, on, on the, the, the days of silent Novembers at the stadium are, are over Because the Big 12 schedules buys in October and late September when you need them. As opposed to here today when uh, the Cougars had to go through 10 straight opponents, 10 consecutive weeks. No one does that. No one in the Big 12 did that. Uh, It's not not healthy. It's not natural. But it is the high price to pay when you want to be an independent, not named Notre Dame. And so the fact that that's almost over is uh, today's kind of a celebration.
0: Dave, the, the football season is not over yet, but uh, it, it's close. I think we all think that they're going to get to bowl eligibility, and then we'll see what happens at Stanford. When you think about this year, like what comes to mind when you, when you just think about this season from a, from a bird's-eye view?
5: Uh, kind of what we've seen in, in each of the years as an independent. Uh, a football team that's, that started healthy and, and pretty good, and ended just a, you know, a slight reflection of itself, um, with so many guys out and uh, so many new guys in that needed to be backups for another year, so that when they're starters, um, they're ready to go. And, and uh, you know that stretch of four losses uh, really began in the fourth quarter of the Utah State game when uh, Jaron hurt his shoulder. He just wasn't the same, and then the play calling after that wasn't the same, and then you throw in the injuries that the team wasn't the same, and the confidence level wasn't the same, and the, the Notre Dame loss is a bad loss. That's that's not a great Notre Dame team, and a healthy Jaron Hall would have thrown uh, for 400 yards against them, but he wasn't healthy, and the reality is, under those set of circumstances on that night, Notre Dame was better than them, but... The East Carolina game's another one. Liberty pounded them. You know, Liberty's better than BYU this year, and uh, Arkansas outscored them, uh, even with Hall throwing for a bunch of yards uh, with a with a sore shoulder. That's another winnable game if he's healthy. Um, but you know, they're excuses because we're looking back, going, "How did this happen?" It's not—we're not making stuff up. They, the wins are five, and the losses are five, and and they earned all of them. But. Um, in those circumstances, that's what I think about where you're like yeah the real the real painstaker is that Notre Dame game that that shouldn't have gone that way, and had it not gone that way, um you know, the conversation would be completely different than the one we're
2: having today, Dave McCann's our guest, and dave uh, I'm curious what what gives you maybe you know after this this season concludes and we all expect it'll have a bowl game in December, but after the season's over, what gives you, uh, you know, reasons for optimism with BYU football going forward? Because uh, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty with a new league and so much maybe new. What, what are some things that give you confidence about the future of BYU football?
5: Well, there's a lot of losses coming, yep. and, and Cougar Nation is not built for that. And so that's going to be a giant adjustment. Not being in the upper half of the Big 12 right away is going to be a significant development in the lives of fans of the last five decades. But this is where they want to be. This is the future. This is the fighting chance to get better and be better each year moving forward with chances down the line at the biggest games that everyone else has a shot at, which BYU hasn't had. They've had 12 years to get ready. They're not coming out of the Mountain West like Utah had to do and just suddenly become a P5. They've had 12 years to get ready to become a P5, even though they only found out last year that it was actually going to happen. Um, I think you'll see recruiting continue to move in the right direction. Um, BYU will expand some things. I think Kalani's the, the right guy. He'll tweak his staff a little bit, I think, moving forward. Um, I know Kalani's the right guy. I feel good about that. Um, I, I, I think there's reason for optimism because the, the TV deal that was announced two weeks ago, That's the future. The future is financially sound. It's got a TV contract with Fox and ESPN, and it's got P5 opponents. That's what BYU has dreamt about for 12 years. So that's the optimism that's finally coming. The reality is it's going to come with a few lumps. But after those lumps, it's going to be really, really exciting to be competing in the upper half of that league and playing for something big in November even if it's against Utah after they joined the Big 12, which I'm not completely riding off down the road. But but bigger days are ahead. These last 12 years have been fun, but we've all complained through November. Uh, And look at this one. Um, We're playing uh, Utah Tech and a bad Stanford team. Stanford, by name, livens up Thanksgiving weekend, but we haven't had those kind of weekends. We had USC last year, and most of the late Novembers have been Games that we're going. What, why should we come sit in the cold and watch this? Um, those days are ending, and I think that's reason for optimism. But the reality is, um, losses are coming, and BYU is going to have to build. Uh, they, they won't go in as the big dog like they did when when uh, when they formed the Mountain West. Uh, this is a different animal. But thank goodness,
0: Dave McCann is our guest, uh, play-by-play man for BYU TV. You were on the call uh, at the beginning of last week for BYU hoops in that nail biter against Idaho state. And then last night, close loss against San Diego state. What are your early impressions on this year's basketball team?
5: The pace is going to be different. The, this pace is that last night they got the ball and you notice they just ran right down the floor, sometimes totally out of control, but they ran down the floor. Um, I think that's going to be the style, which, which is exciting. Um, I do believe once Rudy Williams settles down into his role, he's going to be a really good player for him. Uh, eight turnovers last night, way too much for your point guard. Two missed free throws, that can't happen for your, for your leader down the stretch. And Foose is getting blocked on the dunk. That can't happen when it's a three-point game down the stretch. Um, but this team, like Mark Pope said, it's going to be adventure the whole time. And I think what he means is the evolution of this group being so new, um, I, I thought after the Idaho State game, Blaine and I were talking, and we thought, we're gonna, they're going to go down there and get broken in half. And, uh, and they led most of the game. And I wasn't surprised that they lost. I was disappointed in how they lost. However, considering the new pieces and the veteran pieces at San Diego State, they knew where to go for points. BYU wasn't quite sure where to go for points. Um, I think that was the difference down the, down the stretch. And the leader is yet to emerge. And if it's going to be freshman Dallin Hall, that's going to be a challenge because you don't ask freshmen to do that, especially back from their mission. He's going to be great, and he's probably capable of some of it. We've seen that in flashes in the last two two games. But really needs to be Rudy uh, with his speed and his playmaking ability and his ability to get to the rim. I, again, if it just – once it slows down for him, um, I think he's going to be – the leader of the squad and, and they, they're going to win a lot of games and they're going to lose some too um, but you're never quite sure and so like Missouri State's Tuesday you got to tune in because I'm not really quite sure what's going to happen and, and that's half the beauty of sports.
2: Yeah BOU basketball will definitely keep it entertaining and, and I think what's also entertaining you kind of touched on it a bit was uh, his conference realignment. I, I got to ask you Dave you know the, the idea of Utah or some other teams going into the Big Twelve, it could happen. There's also been reports of talks between the Big Twelve and Gonzaga. I'm curious to get your thoughts. What what do you make of uh, the Big Twelve possibly adding, you know, maybe Gonzaga down the road? Bart Pope seems to be okay with it, even though probably make it a lot more terrifying than it already is in that league.
5: <laughs> That's an interesting maneuver, and I know they've talked to the Pac-12 too, and they're trying to figure out with BYU leaving. It it does leave Gonzaga in a spot of hey what are we what are we all about are we gonna can we play every game on an aircraft carrier on national TV at some point we're gonna have to go back to this league that nobody cares about um, and so I, I get why Mark Few is looking around going there's got to be something better for us um, there's no better place than the Big Twelve for basketball and I, I think if they were to add Gonzaga. Um, and then you look at the upper echelon of those of those teams. It's already the toughest basketball league in the country. You can only have, you can actually have your conference tournament and name the winner, the national champion. And there's most leagues would not be able to argue with that. Um, I, you know, it just seems like gosh, they don't need Gonzaga. It would just make it harder. So why would BYU want Gonzaga in there at the same time? A BYU Gonzaga travel partner would be would be pretty cool. Um, and so I, in this posturing of how can we be bigger and stronger than everybody else? If you can add Gonzaga, you do it. You don't even think twice about it. Um, if it's somebody, if you're looking at Colorado, I mean, you need to add Colorado. Why would you add Colorado? Uh, cause you're going to add four or three other teams. You need four. Okay. But you're not adding Colorado because they got a football program or they're good at basketball or. You know, Utah's good at gymnastics and football, but what else would you add them to the to the Big Twelve, where everyone goes, oh, good, that's that's great for us. Same thing with Arizona State and Arizona, um, but Gonzaga. You mentioned Gonzaga, and it's like, well, that's that's a top five basketball team every year. Of course, bring them in. I don't know what else they do in all their other sports, but bring them in for basketball and and call it good. So we we'll have to keep our eye on that one. But I think Mark too, would would take it in a second. Yeah.
0: Dave, last thing for you uh, next week: BYU, Utah Tech, final home game of the year. Uh, I believe you'll be on the call. Is that correct, Dave?
5: Yes, we're uh, when when it was scheduled years ago. Blaine and I knew that that would be our assignment because we <laughs> always get the best game of the year, and so uh, uh, it's a full day on BYU TV. Then we have the Nico State basketball game that night, so it's going to be a it's going to be a fun Dang. one. I was listening to you guys talk about all the new guys that that you're looking forward to seeing in that game. I don't think we're going to see that many new guys because um, State being, five so and five, <laughs> being five and five, <laughs> these Cougs are coming out to win this thing. And yep. uh, they haven't played good enough to take time off. So I, I have a feeling that maybe in the fourth quarter, um, but Dixie State's going to get BYU's best effort, which I wouldn't have said if, if uh, BYU was already eligible. I thought and these Novembers weeks, uh, were boring, and I mean, didn't pay attention, Dave. <laughs> I'm not saying it's uh, it's a Super Bowl. I'm just saying <laughs> that uh, BYU has a chance to lock into a bowl game, which they thought you know, who'd have thought it would come down to this game, and uh, but but here it is, and uh, you know Hall is not Hall had a good game last week. He wants to come out sharp because if he's going to go to the NFL, these are his last. Opportunities to see to be seen throwing the football. Same thing with Puka, and uh, you know I I, I think we're going to see more of the regulars until it's uh, well in hand than the uh, than the than the younger guys. And to be quite honest, Dixie scoring or Utah Tech sorry scoring tons of points. They run Washington State's offense. They got the coordinator over there from Washington State, uh, Stutzman, who also. Beat BYU in the bowl game over there as he was calling the plays when Zach and Zach did that helicopter fumble thing at the in the end zone. So BYU should pound Utah Tech, but Utah Tech is going to score some points, and, uh, and and you never know. So I I, I I I'm not trying to sell that game as uh, as as one to watch, but it is the game that gets BYU bowl eligible, and you know how important that is to Kalani that. Uh, I, had they, had they already been bowl eligible, I think Utah Tech would have felt better about coming in, catching them asleep. BYU won't be asleep on Saturday. That's just the, the nature of how the season went. And they got one last chance to, to look good at home. And think about it, guys. It's, it's, it's three games and then the two cream puffs next September before Arkansas on the road and then nine straight P5 opponents in the Big 12. So they got five games and a lot of practice time in the off season to get ready for the mother load. So that they can't they can't come out and mess around. Uh, time is running too short uh, for them to come out and mess around against Utah Tech.
2: Time is definitely flying by, and we'll be following it every step of the way. And Dave, always appreciate you hopping on with us. We'll have to do this again soon. Hey, you guys are the
5: best. Have a great have a great off day. Enjoy the. The last one in November for a long
2: time. <laughs> That's awesome. You can follow Dave on Twitter, at Dave McCann TV. Thanks again to Dave McCann. You can check him out on BYU Sports Nation Game Day on BYU TV. Taking a break, on the other side, we'll get some more BYU football talk here on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSLSports.com.
0: We'll go back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. Big shout out to Dave McCann, close friend of the program. We love Dave McCann. Good stuff. He has me a little worried about the commentary against Utah Tech. Because I had penciled that in his let's check out the new guys, well, baby. Let's let's
2: go. Well, we should say to Dave, if you're if you are listening, Dave, we were saying the young guys in the second half. Of course. We're we're expecting
0: those those uh veterans in the first half, but hey. I'll tell you. Are my expectations out of whack? I just feel like if it's SUU, no offense to them, by the way. but You mean Utah Tech? Hold on. I'm just saying okay. like the SUUs, the Weber States, yes. the Utah Techs, no offense to them. But that game should be over at halftime. Yes. And, and then there's a full half of football to check out some new guys. That's my yes. expectation for the game. And if BYU can't meet that <laughs> expectation, then I feel like there's a problem. It will feel like an L. Yeah. If they're going into the fourth
2: quarter with Jaron and Buka.
0: Dialing up special plays to
2: get the bowl eligibility. Oh boy! Hey, you never know with with this team. I mean, BYU is a mixed bag. One thing I will say about BYU football this year, they have played to the level of their competition. Yeah. Say it isn't so, I mean, Mitch. I don't. I don't. I don't want to hear look, that. I'm. I'm optimistic that BYU will. The offense
0: will put up numbers. I'm not worried but, about that. as Dave pointed out, though, Dixie State can put up. <laughs> yeah. A, or excuse me. He has to be saying <laughs> Dixie State now. Come on, Dave. You talked
2: <laughs> – <laughs> BYU's defense will probably give up some points, too. And look, they they do have FBS coaches. You know, Stutzman, the only reason he's not at Washington State is because he didn't get the vaccine. That's a good point. It wasn't that <laughs> he got fired for performance. It was a vaccine. It was a state mandate up in Washington.
0: Yep. Jeez. So we'll see. I did not expect to be feeling this way about next week's game. My goodness. Uh, we also do want to say uh, thanks to everyone who texted in for the Black Panther, yes. Wakanda Forever tickets. Those got scooped up in a flash. So we we appreciate everyone who texted in. Wish we had more to give away. Uh, we it's our commitment on the show going forward that there's going to be more giveaways. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna reward you guys for tuning in. On Saturdays, for to listen to BYU talk each and every Saturday. So I, I, again, just wanted to thank you guys for listening. However, and wherever you do it, we gotta take a break. On the other side, we've got our top five. The last top
2: five of our producers' era, Dallin Graff. We we thought last week was his last uh, swan song. We needed him. We one needed more. one more week. I one needed more week. one more week. And Matt needed one more week too. So. <laughs> Come up next, we'll have our last top five with our producer, Dallin Graf. We'll we'll address where he's going next, and we will also get to the top five and see how the Dallin Graff era of Cougar Sports Saturday top five fame concludes here on the program. So we'll take a break. On the other side, we'll news traffic and weather and then top five next here on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. B-Y-2.
1: This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Cougars by twenty. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans or Cougar fans. It's It's Cougar Sports Sports Saturday. Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Baimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. (laughs) News Radio, 102.7
0: FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. It's been a fun bi-week show. Thanks to Dave McCann and thanks to uh, Dave McCann. No, I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Thanks to Dallin and Mitch and for everyone who uh, has a hand in getting the show to you guys. It's been a lot of fun. and. Coming up after the top five, we got a lot of BOU basketball inter- interviews for you. So uh, we were down at Media Day a few weeks ago before the season began. We, we talked to basically everybody, and we wanted to let you, the fans, get to know this team a little bit yeah. through our interviews. So we're going to do that after this. But right now, uh, this has been a staple of the show for many, many years, and we think it's going to continue. But, hey, you know, when, one thing that's always certain, Mitch, is there's always change. But for one more week, we're going to let change wait. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5.
1: Mitch and Matt clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. It's the Top 5. It's one of the greatest
2: radio segments on the planet. It's hosted by <laughs> the maestro Top 5, our producer Dallin Graf. And Dallin, this is... It's his encore. Officially your last show... On, as our producer, so first off, happy Saturday to you, and where are you going next, Alan? Let our
0: listeners know. Dallin Graf, He's
3: already left. Yes. He's already uh, left. Oh, for he's a back. Show. Okay, he's back. I, he I came was back. halfway into the parking lot. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Top five. Uh, no, I am, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sticking around the building. Uh, I'm going to be the uh, promotions manager for the KSL Sports Zone. Okay. Uh, our sister station over there, five. yeah, yep. 97.5. five. Uh, excited to be uh, full time on the sports radio thing. Gonna miss this, but I will have Saturdays, and uh, don't know what I'm going to do about that. You'll be listening to us. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be texting in. I'll be texting into yes, in the you show. Will. We'll, we'll, we will we'll not figure let, let if... you win free movie tickets down the road. <laughs> well, he'll be the one giving us, supplying yes. us with the free tickets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But <laughs> so we got a great top five uh, to wrap it up. I figured uh, for the last top five. It'd be fitting to uh, to have a fun list looking back at some of the familiar names, some of the uh, the classics, the hits, as I like to call them, over Mm. the last couple years. This is the one hundred and tenth edition of the top five that we've done uh, on the show. So, uh, good number to end on. It is a good number. That's a lot of times. So we've got uh, I've got five different questions. You got to give me a BYU player. Every answer is a BYU player. So you just got to give me the name. But every question is going to be a little different. There is a theme. We'll see if you can pick it up as we go. But I'm not going to spoil it for you yet. But, He's uh, going out in style. There's always some wrinkle. Got to do it gotta do it a little differently. And uh, Mitch leads 55-54. Matt gets the start this week. So a chance to end the top five uh, tied. So uh, you guys uh, ready to do this? I'm ready. All righty. So first question. Lee Johnson is the all-time leader among BYU players in games played in the NFL. 259 games totaled for the punter, uh, Lee Johnson. Who has the second most games played in the NFL from BYU? Ryan Denny. Mm. John Denny. Oh! Oh! I got my Denny's mixed up. And how could you? Because this is uh, this is board Dave Dave's, got to you. Dave's favorite oh, uh, favorite player. Uh, we can finally God. say Dave influenced the top five yeah, because uh, he may have actually influenced this one uh, with <laughs> John Denny. Two hundred twenty-four games played in his NFL career, <laughs> second behind Lee Johnson. Two hundred fifty-nine for Lee Johnson. Mitch uh, gets the first point here.
0: That hurts.
2: Yeah,
3: I that hurts. I was like, I was like Matt Ryan. Denny's the D end. John is the long snapper. <laughs> right. Yep, yep. All righty. So uh, question goes to you, Mitch. Who has the most receptions in a game from BYU since the year 2000?
2: Since the year 2000, uh, let's say, let's go with Mitch Matthews
3: impressive mitch gets mitch mitch matthews 16 receptions in a game against nevada in 2014 that's the most since thousand. Second second all-time in a game jay miller back in 73 had 22 receptions against oh. new mexico so
2: puka's performance against boise uh helped me with this one because i went into the archives during that game <laughs> and looked at the singles game uh uh, records yeah. last Saturday up in up on the blue, so uh, that's how. And and also, I was not going to let Mitch do me in again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Mitch, shout out to you, Mitch Matthews, <laughs> getting it done.
3: All righty, two zero. Well, uh, Matt, you get the first guess here. Got to get this one. I have to keep it alive. Uh, who has the most passing yards in a game in BYU football history? I feel like this is a trick question, honestly. But uh, just to
0: work my way down the list, we got to start with Ty Demmer. I think I've got this, gentlemen. Uh-oh. 1993,
2: John Walsh against Utah State.
3: Oh! And he's got the team, and he's got the year. Oh. Wow, Mitch, 619 passing yards for John Walsh. And they John lost! <laughs> and they lost, so... There you go! Wow, a clean domination, a clean sweep in the top five. We got, we, we got some fun. I got it. We got to get the the, the last two in here because this is this is fun. We'll go. Mitch gets the first guess here. Technically, on this one, yeah, already wrapped up to to hand, the victory. Hand. Mitch, who has the highest three point shooting percentage in a season in BYU basketball history? Minimum thirty five field goals made. Nathan Call. Yeah, yes. Are you catching the theme now? Yes, are, I'm are catching you seeing, the theme. Are you seeing what I've done today? You I'm know, seeing these, what you're doing. These are the names that over the years we just <laughs> couldn't quite come up with. Yep. Have been a thorn in the side. <laughs> I've, I, John Walsh, I've gotten Walsh before. That's what kills me. That's a tough one. <laughs> one more for you, one more for you, Matt. You can, I'll let you guess first here. Who is the tight end with the most receiving yards in a season? It is a tight end. Tight end with the most receiving yards in a season.
0: Okay, I gotta I gotta stick with the theme here. Most receiving yards. Let's go with uh Clay Brown. That's a good guess. Most receiving
2: yards in a season. Um margin hooks.
3: In. Yeah, we are. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes. I'm yep. sorry.
2: I, I thought. Well, look he, at
3: look at specifically tight okay, end here. Sorry, I thought you were saying recently came Uh out. You got the win already. Mitch is Mitch is gone. He's yeah, like, I was I just I don't celebrating doing
2: anymore. this TikTok dance. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, Lou. There's
0: but. Oh my goodness. Let's go with. Jeez, uh, Dennis Pitta.
3: Gordon Hudson. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I know what it is now. It's so fitting, too. I know what it is it's now. It's so fitting. It's the
2: guy that always gets us. I just it, David Mills?
3: No, okay. I like David Mills. That's a great— yeah, that another David one. David Mills yes. had a huge year in 84. Yeah. Yes. yes. You,
0: you already say Gordon Hudson? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this guy always gets us? Matt mm-hmm. Bushman? He doesn't always get us. I thought it was David Mills. I. Uh, how
3: about—oh, uh, Chris Smith. That's he your, always yep. gets you on your name yep. and all the great tight ends except for Chris <laughs> Smith, yep. who has the two most, uh, two best seasons for a tight end and yep. receiving guards, uh, 1989, 1990. Uh, just about 1,100 yards in each of those seasons. So, I figured, you know, after all these years, the times we just a couldn't get the names. A fitting finale. A fitting finale. Good way to go out. Those were five names that uh, were
2: stumpers.
0: That would be the land still stumped me. <laughs> that were landmines for us in the past. But uh Well, Dallin, we'll turn the time over to you, huh?
3: Okay. Yeah. Um What do you have any do you have anything you'd like to say? Yes. Uh this uh this show is awesome. You guys are great. Uh I've I've loved being here the Saturday. You were the longest tenured man. Now it becomes yes. me. Yes. Yes, that's right. I started in uh October of twenty eighteen with Alex Keery and Robbie Bolo and uh, ever since then it's been uh, just a ton of fun to uh, to be doing the show and uh, loving BYU and I will be a regular Saturday listener we'll see if you guys could pick out my number on the text line of who uh, uh, of who's the crazy guy saying that stuff is it me or not but uh, yeah it's been great and uh, I appreciate you guys both and Dave Meekum on the board uh, he's been here. It's great to uh, have
0: Dave on the board for your last show, too. Yes, yes.
3: Fitting. Fitting that we had Dave contributing to the top five. Uh, it's been great stuff, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. And it's it's been a lot of fun, Dallin. And I'm curious, before we let you go,
2: what do you think BYU's future holds in the Big 12? I'm curious because that's, that's going to be the comment, the question every Cougar fan asks. Since you've been following BYU so closely the last four years, what do you think the future holds for BYU in the Big 12? I'm curious to get your thoughts before you go out.
3: Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good era for BYU. It may take some time and you're seeing that this year, I mean TCU looking as good as they mm-hmm. are. This new Big 12, Sands Oklahoma and Texas. It's going to be pretty good, but I think is well positioned to be competitive in that new league and uh I mean, I would have been higher on my expectations headed into this season, but uh with the with the, the way that it's played out you know, maybe you worry a bit next year, but I, I think BYU will enter the Big 12 uh, with some good success. Well,
2: I appreciate uh, that insight, and I I'm expecting now, Dallin, with maybe if you got the time. I'm expecting some sort of NFL draft podcast on the KSL Sports Podcast yes. Network. Right. Maybe well, from you. I want to be invited. Now that you're going to be on more K- more sports full time because yeah. you've been working hard. Like Dallin's been along with doing this role, he's also been handling uh, remote texts for KSL News Radio. He's been handling the, the remotes remotes you go to as listeners. So he's been a busy man. It hasn't been just solely his only task task here at KSL News Radio. But now he'll be all in on sports. Going forward with the KSL Sports Zone, our sister station on 97.5 FM and the KSL Sports app. So best of luck to you, Dallin. We will always keep in touch.
0: And uh, and i got to say this. Love to keep, in, uh, keep in touch. I know we're up against it, but Dallin, I've been here my whole time here. You've been here. I appreciated you showing me the ropes at KSL in the early days and getting me up to speed. It was a little tumultuous at the beginning with Robbie and, and then Alex moving on and us bringing in Mitch. But i always had appreciated your help. Getting up to speed here at KSL and we wish you the best. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Taking a break on the other
2: side, we'll put a we'll talk some more BYU football and, and get ready for our BYU basketball commentary uh, <laughs> as we get to know this Cougar basketball squad a little bit more in-depth. Here on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports.
1: BYU. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. By Cougar fans, for Cougar fans, it's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maiamonte, on your legacy home of BYU Sports,
0: KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM at eleven sixty a.m. Hour number three underway here on Cougar Sports Saturday bi week for football, BYU basketball lost to San Diego State. Last night, and we kind of broke that down in hour number one. So if you want to check out our thoughts on what happened down in San Diego, uh, download our podcast feed wherever you get podcasts. And uh, if you don't have a place to get this great podcast, Casel Sports app, that's a place you can get it as well. And caselsports.com. Right now, though, uh, we're getting to know this BOU basketball team. So many new faces. You may have looked on the floor at various times last night against the Aztecs and said, uh, I only recognize Spencer Johnson. Uh, who are all these other guys? Well, we're getting to know these players. We had a bunch of interviews with the team, with coaches and players back on Media Day. And right now, we want to speak with a player who's not playing, but hopes to return at some point this year. And boy, could they use him the way they're shooting the three ball right now. It's Trevin Nell. And Trevin, let's start with that injury, man. Uh, what happened that has you missing the first uh, couple months of this season?
6: So I started feeling a ton of pain right when we finished our first game last season.
0: What you played it all through this?
6: Yeah, so we got cortisone shots. I was on a ton of medication, try to like calm down the inflammation, but nothing kind of like helped. And so, if you saw, it, if anybody ever saw, it, like before the game, Rob or Athletic Trainer Ice like do icy hot, mm-hmm. crazy all down my arm every before the game at half, and then we'd ice it up after. But yeah, it just never felt right. And then as soon as the season ended, we got it checked. We tried to do the experimental PRP stuff. Mm-hmm. And it you, felt good for did a little bit. You fly to Germany for that? I, I wish. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then just ended up having to get surgery because I tore the rotator cuff tendon. So. Oh man! So you played a whole year with a torn rotator cuff? Yeah, it was it was tough because you know you want to play to your best ability, but you can't with that kind of, of injury. It kind of steals it from you. So, jeez! So, is there a scenario in which you don't play it all this year? There is a scenario. Hoping I'm for the best? Hoping for the best. We met with the doctor a couple of days ago, and our goal date is mid-December. So that's actually that is way a lofty goal. earlier than That'd give you all-conference play. All-conference and four to five games of preseason. So is there any part of you, though, because you're senior, right? I'm a senior. Do you have an extra year still? if you I wanted? do because of COVID. Okay, so, so you...
0: Regardless of what happens this year, you could run it back next year for the Big 12 if you wanted. Yeah.
6: Uh-huh. Okay,
0: so, so we're I guess that, cha- that does, there's really no skin off the back then. If
6: you it's, give it a go this year, exactly. that's still an option if you want. Yep. Were you in a sling for a while? I was. We tried to keep it hush-hush for a little bit, and <laughs> but I was in a sling for uh, about four to six weeks. There's just so many new faces this year <laughs> on this team. Twelve, to be exact. Twelve new ones. How How is everyone gelling together? Uh, Definitely. I think we're definitely moving into that best locker room in America. We kind of went away from it last year, but this year is completely different. Everybody loves each other. Everybody's, you know, we get super competitive on the court, and as soon as practice ends, we're best friends, you know. And that's exactly how practice should be. Pope really wants us to be competitive, and so it's just super fun to be able to gel with different guys at different times, and it's going to be super fun when, you know, game time starts. There's no doubt that I think this team will miss your ability to stretch the floor and hit threes, but I'm I'm hearing for many
0: players that there's a lot of improved shot makers on this year's team. Uh, one in particular would be Trey Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Coach Pope said he's hitting, what, 50% or something in live situations? Like, What's impressed you about Trey's development from last year to this year?
6: So Trey was like my like guinea pig. So <laughs> Coach Pope gives me the title of the shot doctor, so I have <laughs> given the job of like trying to help people shoot just a little bit better. And so with Trey, I started with him because he was kind of the most – as times most inconsistent with his shot. And so I took videos of it, I slowed it down, I took pictures, I drew lines where he needs to kinda like lean forward a little bit and we just worked on it every day. And then every night he'll call me and be like, So what is my percentage at, like what is my arc at, depth at and all that. And so we set different goals for each week. And now he's at sixty something, sixty seven percent throughout the week just shooting and shooting fifty percent in live play. Wow. And so his confidence has grown. And everybody, like last year, he was like, Trey's not a shooter. I'm yep. like, Trey, you're a shooter now. Like, believe it. Yep. Like, it's still that confidence in yourself, and everybody's going to you know, have that confidence in you. The shot doctor. Could that become a future profession here? <laughs> That's what I hope. That would be cool That would be, to be like able to a, work with something like Like, a, like in the NFL worms like John Beck, he's like the quarterback guru. You could, <laughs> exactly. You know, you're starting the shot doctor. That would be cool. <laughs> Who's your next victim? Um, the next one I've been working with is Spencer and Gideon. So Spence, he was a little inconsistent, kind of was in a little rut to start the summer workouts, and now he's shooting above 45 in live play. So you know, everybody's, you know, going in the right direction, and it's fun to see different guys show up and different guys shoot extremely well. What the what do you think the key is to being a good in-game shooter? I mean, the key is to not worry about your misses. You know, you have to think about the next one, mm-hmm. and so something that Zach Celius helped me a ton was when you shoot it you think the next one's in like that's how your mentality has to be so no matter how many shots you miss no matter what the crowd is saying uh, you just gotta have to have that confidence because the team has the confidence you know and so I think that's the best advice I could give is just have confidence yourself and let and kind of just trust your process and we shoot thousands of shots a week so mm-hmm. you've been here for for a little bit and that's a compliment the way that this team has
0: played under coach Pope has varied from year to year last year it was a little slower Will that carry over this year, or will there be a change in the way that this team plays?
6: I think Cougar fans are going to have a little bit of like, whoa, kind of really? factor with how fast we're going to play this year. Wow. So last year, we were in the bottom, I think, 300th for how fast we played. Like, we were almost like neck and neck with St. Mary's. <laughs> I was trying to be nice there, but yes. <laughs> no, it was, it. Slow, it it was was it was slow. slow. <laughs> and we felt it was slow. But it's definitely, our pace is picked up. We're playing a lot faster, a little more aggressive. And so hopefully I can come back, because this is the exact style I like to play. Is you, know, you come down, you're open shooting instead of come down. Wait for the defense to get set, kind of run in action, and so this is going to be super fun, and Cougar fans are going to be excited. That's that's uh, that is exciting. I think I think BYU fans, especially maybe the younger ones.
0: That's the type of ball they like, right? Because that's how it exactly. was in the Jimmer era. That's I think when that's I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when I think of BYU basketball. I think of run, gun, shooting yep.
6: three. So that's the way it's going to be. Then I think we're in for a fun year. It's going to be super fun. We're charting out how fast we get the ball across half court, and we're comparing it to teams like Gonzaga, Arizona, just to see like our comparison with how fast they play because they're one of the best teams in terms of transition offense. And so it's it's pretty exciting stuff. Seems like this team has
0: maybe the most versatility that I can remember, just in terms of, there's the Noah Watermans, that's a unique skill set, there's the Jackson Robinsons, it just feels like there's a lot more versatility than there have been in previous years past. Is
6: Have you seen that from your eyes as a player? For sure, I mean, you can't teach you know someone who's 6'11 and all of a sudden he can dribble, you know, he's super <laughs> agile. So Noah is an extremely talented player, and as well as Jackson and Rudy and all the new guys coming in. Um, So everybody's super talented, and we just build off of what we had last year. And, like, Kempom came out, and they ranked us, I think, 44th or Mm -hmm. something like that. And a lot of people outside of, you know, BYU are thinking, oh, that's too high for them. They they lost Alex. They lost other guys. They lost a coach. You know, like, how are they going to respond? And we respond with, like, with just being aggressive. We respond every day in practice. Like, our mantras get better every day. And so I think we're doing that every single day. And, you know, guys, guys are, you know, improving. coordination going to be excited about it. Last
0: thing for you. Yeah, the Big
6: 12 is looming.
0: It's certainly an exciting thing for fans. I, I imagine it's exciting for players like yourself, too. Just Big 12 in basketball is the premier brand in hoops. It's ridiculous. Yes, it is. How much talent there is there. How do you, and maybe it's easy as a player, uh, it's
6: not as easy for fans. How do you put that aside focus on last year in the WCC. I think you said it's exactly right it's our last year right like if we had a couple more years I think it would be a little bit harder because you know you're looking forward to it you're excited to have you know teams like Kansas and all those amazing programs come to Provo but it's our last year we haven't won it and I think that's what's going to you know get us through this year and be more amped for the WCC and then for time to go into the Big 12 and it's just preparation you know. Like WCC is a great program, but like you said, the Big 12 is the premier program right now, um, premier conference, and so we're, we're pumped for the last year of the WCC. There's great teams like Gonzaga and obviously St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always tough against those guys, yep. and so I think they're going to be a, a great challenge for us, and I think preseason is going to be fun to get us ready for it.
0: There's Trevor Hope to get him back sooner rather than later, and that uh, the shot doctor can uh, inject some three point life into this basketball team. Got to take a break. We'll be uh, continuing our interviews all hour long here as we get to know this new BOU basketball team. They're one on one on the year after loss to San, uh, San Diego State. We'll be back home next week. We'll keep those interviews coming up next. It's Cougar Sports Saturday here on uh, KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. We're getting to know this BYU basketball team who uh, unfortunately lost a rivalry game against the Aztecs. Right now, let's get out to a a player that you're going to see a lot of, and he showed some flashes early. It is Jackson Robinson, and Mitch Harper had a great conversation with Jackson Robinson back on
7: media day. We're going to play that right now. And Jackson, what got you to BYU? I started out in Ada, Oklahoma. My freshman year of high school uh, I was there all three years my th- third year or second year summer uh, I played for team Griffin and that summer is kind of when all the recruiting started for me uh, became a four star things like that and then I left and decided to go to Texas A&M a year early which was a challenge I was 17 as a freshman going in and it was a tough year we didn't do too good in the SEC so I decided to transfer, and I went to Arkansas, gave another shot. Coach Musp believed to me. Uh, we won a whole bunch of games, got to lead eight. It was a good experience, but, I mean, I was looking for a bigger role, and I felt like Coach Pope gave that to me, so I'm excited to be here.
2: It's exciting, and I'm curious. You mentioned uh, Musselman, uh, big personality. Coach Pope's a big personality. Who's got the, the bigger personalities between the two?
7: <laughs> I would probably say... Coach Pope, I'd have to say Coach Pope. Uh, He's a great guy. He loves everybody. He cares for everybody. Before or after any practice, he's going to check up on everybody while we're stretching every line, just make sure everybody's doing good, make sure they don't need anything. I mean, he's just a great guy all around, and couldn't ask for a better coach. When you were uh, coming out of the
2: portal, when you you entered – that that portal left or leaving Arkansas who were along with BYU some of the schools that that you were considering
7: Tulsa Missouri State Colorado State and then BYU were my final four and I might have threw Oklahoma in there too Uh, so maybe a top five but BYU came out on top so
2: and what did you like about BYU uh, from the visit and just what what appealed to you about this place
7: like I was kind of saying earlier Coach Pope that was the big thing for me. Uh, he believes in me. His staff believes in me. Uh, so it's just good having a staff that really believes in my talents and uh, will let me grow. And then just kind of being on the visit, uh, kind of just felt like home, just being here. We had a scrimmage. We played in front of all these little campers. It was fun. It was a good environment. So. After that, kind of playing with some of the guys on the court, I was like, I definitely want to play with them again. So it was a good experience for me.
2: Was it uh, exciting at all because you still have three years of eligibility remaining was it exciting knowing that, you know, BYU is going to be playing part of the country that you're familiar with in the Big yeah. 12?
7: Uh, Yeah, for sure. Definitely have some family and friends come out to those type of games, stuff like that. It will be good just playing against the best competition in the, in the country. Um, I feel like the Big 12 is the best league, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun.
2: What's the expectations then? I mean, are you looking at this as a chance to maybe be in this starting lineup potentially on opening night?
7: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like that's the goal for everybody. Everybody works hard, so just making sure that you get that chance, working hard in practice, doing the little things, putting up extra shots, getting in an extra lift, uh, stretching, things things like that, being in the training room, it all matters. It all translates to winning, and uh, just being at a winning program last year, it was just a good eye-opener to see what it takes to win. And you guys, I think if
2: memory serves me right, you guys Beat Gonzaga in that Sweet 16. You're going to lend some uh, insight on how to take down the Zaggers here in the WCC?
7: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, no, it'll be a good game. I'm excited for that game. I feel like everybody's just waiting on that one. It's the biggest one. So, no, it'll definitely be exciting. Good atmosphere to play in. You speak of atmospheres. uh, What do
2: you know about? The, the Marriott Center I mean, you got a little bit of a taste on Midnight Madness that was yeah even I was kind of like man this is this is pretty good <laughs> like for, for Midnight Madness what, what do you think of what do you know of the atmosphere at BYU?
7: I mean coming here I didn't know too much about BYU but kind of as I started to meet with Coach Pope when I had first met him and he was just explaining things to me uh, he was telling me about how crazy the Marriott Center gets if it's 19,000 it's usually almost sold out every game uh, the fans are loyal and then the student section, the rock is crazy. So, I mean, like you said, I got a taste of it from, from Midnight Madness. So, it was a good experience.
2: For our listeners who and viewers who maybe aren't familiar with your game, what, what do you feel? Are, I know it's always kind of awkward to, to talk about yourself because you want to probably prove it on the, on the court, but uh, just what are your strengths that you feel are, are your best attributes as a player?
7: Defensively, I take pride in my defense. Uh, just being disruptive, getting deflections, steals taking the the charges helping my teammates uh, on defense talking loud things like that and then offensively like i shoot the ball from anywhere and coach pope and the guys done a good job of building my confidence up and letting me kind of figure out my game i think my game's kind of opened up since i've been here i've been doing more things getting outside my comfort zone putting the ball on the floor a lot more getting to the basket shooting mid-range things like that so it's been good
2: and what what do you feel are kind of some of the the characteristics of this team from what you've seen uh, in in practices and training camp that uh, hope to see on on game days uh, this
7: season? I would just say it's a lot of hungry people just looking to prove themselves and for this team we're just wanting to win we have a tough schedule this year Um, it'll be fun it's a little taste for what we'll get in the Big 12 So uh, just kind of competing out there and getting some wins. That's all that matters, Uh, and I think that's everybody's goal. Nothing happens unless you win. I mean, I've been at two different schools, three different schools, and the last two I was on a losing team and a winning team. I mean, there's a big difference. It's a big difference.
2: Is there a big difference uh, on, on the school side? BYU is always a pretty tough place academically. What's been the maybe the difference from your previous stops to the maybe the academic workload here at BYU?
7: I won't lie. Uh, my first like week or two here, I I was kind of letting the, the schoolwork catch up to me. Uh, it was getting tough, but I, I mean, I asked for help, um, so we got some tutors to help me out and things like that. But now it's kind of getting a little bit easier for me uh just the workload with all the school work and then practice stuff like that so it's been good
2: that's great to hear uh what, what's the major
7: uh communications awesome communications good
2: good deal and is there any uh, guys on the on the team that you've I mean you're probably close with with a lot of the guys but maybe uh some guys on the team that you forced, formed uh, clo- cl- close bonds with uh so far this season?
7: I would probably say my roommate, uh, Rudy Williams. He's a great guy. Uh, He's a vet, so I'm definitely listening to anything he tells me. He's a good, great leader. He loves everybody, so it's just good to have somebody like that on our team. And then uh, Noah Waterman, transfer from Detroit Mercy, so he can shoot it. His length is crazy. He's got a ton of upside. I'm excited to play with him on the court and just kind of get going, but those two are my guys. Those two are my guys.
2: And, you know, you bring up Rudy about his leadership. I was going to ask you about Rudy because uh, uh, he he does seem like he has a a presence just watching that first day of practice back in September and at Midnight Madness. uh, It it, it seems like he's, is he kind of the guy that that leads this team
7: right now? I think he does a good job in leading in in some ways. I wouldn't say that there's only one guy that leads this team. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of guys that kind of lead in different ways. Everybody has their different ways of leading and kind of getting their point across so just kind of making sure that you're listening to everybody and taking all the information in. Everybody's kind of been in a different spot so especially the vets so it's just good to have their experience and kind of listen to what they have to say.
2: Well Jackson uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you and getting to know you. Uh, Welcome to BYU and and, uh, best of luck to you this season and in your BYU career and uh, looking forward to, to seeing you on the court this season.
7: Thank you.
0: Good stuff from Jackson Robinson and Mitch Harper. We'll take the break. We'll continue these interviews from Media Day as we get to know this BOU basketball team right here on Cougar Sports Saturday.
1: This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Cougars by 20. Every Saturday, all year long. Sports talk by Cougar fans or Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Baimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports, KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty
0: AM. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Uh, Unfortunately, BYU lost to San Diego State last night, but we're going to spend the rest of this show getting to know this team. So many new faces, so many new personnel. You saw a glimpse of that against San Diego State, and right now we want to talk with the transfer from Coastal Carolina, Rudy Williams. And, Rudy, let's just start things off nice and easy. Uh, What
8: brought you to BYU? I would just say, you know, the relationship I built with the coaching staff and, you know, The way they recruited me was really authentic. Um, It wasn't any, like, you know, sell a dream kind of stuff. They just told me they could help me, and they they explained to me how they could actually help me as a player. And, you know, I fell in love with that. And then all the extra stuff, like, you know, like the atmosphere we play in, the schedule that we have, you know, it all had a a part to play in it. Totally. Totally made me excited to come. Yeah. What what did they
0: sell to you in terms of how they could help you improve?
8: Um, Honestly, they... Kind of just told me they would help me become a better point guard. You know, they could teach the ball screen game to me better than anyone has done it before. And uh, they didn't lie because you know, since I've been here and I've been working with the coaches, I've definitely gotten better in that aspect of my game. And I've kind of just learned how to become more of a complete point guard, become mm-hmm. a, like a complete leader and all that. So yeah, they they've been helping me with that regards for sure.
0: There's a lot of opportunity here with with a lot of new players. Alex parcell has gone. That point guard spot is up for grabs. Um, how has maybe fitting into that role been throughout the first
8: couple weeks of practice and getting ready for the season uh i feel like i've been falling into that role pretty just fine you know i'm pretty experienced this is uh year five for me in college basketball (laughs) so you know i feel like if anyone's gonna be ready for the job it'd be me and uh I'm trying my hardest just to you know, make sure yep. guys are getting better. I'm getting guys better while making myself better at the same time. So,
0: yeah. How much does that experience help you when, when making a change in universities? Just, you know, like, it's a big change. You're going from East Coast to West Coast, um, you know, and, and this is a program that's had a lot of success, and they have some big names on, on the schedule. As you mentioned, Gonzaga being at the top. Just how much do you think that experience lends a hand to helping you transition to a new situation?
8: I would say experience plays a big part of it because, you know, I've kind of seen how college basketball is supposed to go. You know, how good teams look, how bad teams look. So, you know, I've kind of been around the block a little bit. And when stuff happens, you know, like I feel like the guys look at me to be like, okay, like, you know, what's what's next in practice? Like, you know, when we hit a little bit of adversity and stuff. So, you know, experience is um, it's priceless, honestly, in this college basketball stuff. So
0: how has the team been uh, gelling so far through uh, through practice, getting ready for the season?
8: The team has been gelling, honestly, amazingly, like, you know, I feel like everyone has love for everyone, no man has a personal agenda, and the best thing about it is, too, we have no clicks on the team, like, it's just one group of happy guys who are all on the same page, we all know what we're supposed to do, and um, it's been super fun, you know, like, being with, it's 18 guys in the locker room, we are all together.
0: At what point, and maybe it was the, the first call you had with Coach Pope, when did, best locker room in America, that phrase, come up to you? Or has it even been brought up this year? Because that was, that was a big mantra from Coach Pope uh, in his first couple of years, trying to have that a great locker room vibe.
8: It honestly got introduced to me when I got here. Okay. Uh, I know he's been running with it for a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one day I saw BLRA in, on the back of a BYU shirt, and I was like, what does that mean? And, and then they explained it to me stuff like that so yeah i feel like we're, we're doing a really good job at that so far you know like i said everyone's on the same page everyone has love for each other we all hang out you know not even just off the court like we did a team retreat a couple weeks back and you know guys we'll go out to eat together as a group and stuff like that so you know it's a it's a happy locker room for sure
0: how important do you think uh, sh- shooting the three-point ball will be for you and for the team this year that, that's something you did excellent last year at coastal uh how big of a role do you think that part of your game will be for the success of the
8: team? Um, I feel like the three is like, you know, a major key to anyone's success because obviously three's more worth than two. <laughs> right. But then, you know, I feel like it just helps space the floor and it just gives everyone, you know, more space to work with on the floor. Like, you know, if all the perimeter guys are making shots... You know, they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to go when we throw the ball on a foos or a Tiki, they're going to be hesitant to go down there and help out. So, those guys are just going to get to eat by themselves, solo coverage. So, um, three ball is definitely really important, and we work really hard at that. Coach Pope emphasizes, you know, all the perimeter guys get up 1,000 threes in the week. So, you know, it, it shows wow. how important that is. Wow. That's it. a lot. Yeah. And everyone gets it done, too. There's never a guy that's like, slacking or got 980 shots everyone's always well over a over thousand
0: you guys have a do you have your own key to get into the annex whenever you want is, is that where you get the shots up
8: yeah we in our facility but it, it's just a fingerprint oh sweet
0: uh, yeah. I, how nice is it as
8: a player to have that kind of facility at your disposal honestly it, it it means a lot because I didn't have it at my old school at Coastal Carolina. Yep. You know, kind of had to share the gym with other sports teams and activities and stuff like that. So there would be times we couldn't get in the gym. Yep. But uh, here, like, you know, if I'm just bored at home, I can be like, well, I'm going to go shoot some free throws. I'm going to go get some threes up. And I just got to, you know, bring my fingerprint with me, which that's everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we're blessed to have what we have and the facility. It's honestly second to none. Like, It's amazing.
0: It stacks up there with uh, some teams maybe in the Big 12, you think?
8: Oh, for sure, yes. I've seen some of the facilities in the Big 12 yep. from my old days, and um, BYU's going to fit just right in, honestly. Well, That's
0: awesome. I'm sure BYU fans will love to hear that. We haven't even started the year yet, so you're still. I think there's still a lot to learn about the team and how things will gel. But from what you've seen so far, what do you think some of the strengths are of the team? I'd say strengths. Definitely
6: is- the coaching. Oh, boy. Definitely the coaching. <laughs> you probably you start there once you? Pretty yeah, sure start with the
8: we have some pretty good coaches. I'll never say that to their face, but uh, you know, you know, we have good coaches. Coach Pope, obviously, you know, he's holding the whole thing down. But Coach Figger, he does a lot. Coach Robinson, mm-hmm. he works with a lot of the guys individually. Coach Fennell, he's really um, been doing a good job of developing guys and getting guys to come along, like Noah Waterman, honestly. But um, yeah, honestly, I would just say, you know, the three ball is going to be a major key for us this team. And uh, that's going to be our, I feel like that's going to be our identity is that three ball. Seems
0: like there's a lot of different skill sets on this group. Obviously, y- you can shoot the three uh, I think you give a well-rounded game. But then you have like, you mentioned Noah Waterman. He's long. He can shoot it. Foose and Atiki in the post. How does this team
8: maybe compare to other teams you've played on just in terms of overall versatility? I would say, yeah, this is probably the most versatile team I've played for because, you know, let's just, Talk about a guy like Noah. He's he's six eleven. Like he, he's a he's a big dude. <laughs> yeah. But he's putting the ball on the floor. He's attacking closeouts in practice, and he's getting to the rack. He's making plays for other guys. Um, another one is Jackson Robinson, six seven, long, versatile, can play the two, the three, the four spot, mm-hmm. and he's making plays for guys like me. Sometimes I give Jack the ball, and I just go, you know, wait for a shot to come my way, and he can deliver. So you know, guys are really skilled here. And then, you know, we got guys like Gideon, who's just, you know, super skilled at his position. Mm -hmm. He's athletic. He's strong enough. He's big enough. So, you know, we're pretty versatile, and we're a pretty skilled team, honestly.
0: A few more questions for Rudy Williams here, and then we'll let you go. You've been great with the time. What was your experience like on Midnight Madness? That was probably your first taste of um, the atmosphere in the Marriott Center and the student section. What was your takeaway from that?
8: One word, ridiculous. Honestly, (laughs) uh, The Rock, they showed out. Um, it was super loud in there. I couldn't hear myself for a little bit, and that was only what five, six thousand people. Right. So I can't wait till you know that thing gets filled up with maybe 16,000 this year. It's definitely going to give us an advantage for whoever comes into town. I'm going to yeah, give a yeah, shout out to somebody. It's going to be fun guess, playing your college basketball because I've never got to experience that. So I'm definitely looking forward to that for sure.
0: New uniforms. I think that's always fun for fans, especially younger fans uh, who are into the uniform changes. Which one that's been revealed so far is your favorite?
8: Uh, so far, we've only revealed two: right. like the white and the navy. I'm gonna have to go with the navy because everyone's saying the navy. That's kind of a shock to me. Yeah, honestly, they just—I feel like they mixed up with like a little bit of old school, a little bit of new school. You know, if you look on the shorts, there's the the old wine with yes. the cougar on it, Love and that's that. probably my favorite part of the jersey. I can't reveal this yet, but I'm hearing that the black jerseys that are coming are going to be the best ones. Oh wow! So I just feel like. As we reveal each jersey, it just keeps getting better and better. So, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like fans have that to look forward to for sure.
0: Awesome. I was talking to Spencer Johnson earlier. He, he mentioned that he feels like the pace is getting pushed a little bit more in practice than he, what he experienced last year. I know you weren't here last year, but how much is, is pace going to play a role in just trying to get up and down and get easy buckets to transition?
8: Um, I feel like the pace that we're playing at is definitely going to help us, and it's definitely been emphasized throughout throughout the summer and throughout, you know, training camp and all that. I feel like it's just going to make the game easier for us because, you know, we're not going to be worried about if another team scores. We're going to be up the floor in three seconds how Coach Pope wants us to be. And uh, we're going to be getting a good shot because we got guys that can get in the lane and make plays, draw the defense. And, um, you know, we're going to we're going to come right back down and we're going to score too. So we're not worried about anybody else and what they got going on. We're going to push this thing and we're going to keep going and going.
0: All right, there you go. Rudy Williams, the point guard for BYU basketball. We'll take the break here on the other side. We'll get to more get-to-know interviews with this new BYU basketball team. Man, it's been a blast all day today talking a lot of hoops, a little football, and right now we've been getting to know this BYU basketball team with a bunch of interviews that we got back at BYU Media Day a few weeks ago before the season began. Here's a great conversation Mitch Harper had with Spencer Johnson. And Spencer, how'd you summarize this offseason?
4: It's been awesome. It's been a whirlwind. It's been um, difficult, great, you name it, it's been it. We've got a lot of new players coming in, which, you know, is awesome. It's 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 so good to get to know all of them and figure out their game and who they are as a person. And, you know, with that comes some challenges as well where you got to learn how to play with each other and um, kind of get everybody on the same page, so that's it's it's been great to to get to know all these guys and just a super i I feel like it's been a productive offseason um, we've had a lot of guys in the gym getting better working on their game and just been been super fun it is b
2: l r a is that back best luck room in america
4: it is back it's here to stay
2: it's exciting and and uh, i remember talking with trevin in the offseason he mentioned how you guys had a <laughs> a group message, because it's you and Trevin and four other guys that mm. called yourselves the survivors. Is that right?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's true.
2: What was uh, what was that like when so many guys you saw just moving on and, and that were part of last year's team that maybe unexpectedly moved on and went, pursued other paths? What, what was that like?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's always hard because you grow close with your teammates throughout the season. You're, <clears throat> you know, you're traveling, you're on the road or whatever, and so you do get to know them, you grow close with them, but it's hard to see him leave, but at the same time, you're excited for him. You're like, you know what? It might not have happened here for you. We're we're sad to see you leave, but we're also excited for you to to go get a new opportunity and and kind of you know find what you're looking for.
2: You've appeared in in 60 games in your BYU career, um, all coming off the bench this year. Should we expect to see you in that starting five on opening night?
4: <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything. Um, that's up to Coach Pope yeah. and and his uh, his staff, but you know definitely been um working for that and whatever happens happens but I'll always make an impact whenever i get in the game
2: what have been other areas that uh, you're working on that uh, you know when the season ended last year against washington state and those exit interviews happened with with coach pope what were areas that that you guys wanted to work on with your game to to maximize your potential
4: as a team we're we're looking to play more in transition so we're looking to get up and down the floor a lot more which is, is super fun super exciting for all of us and and uh you know, with that comes a lot of um new things that you need to add to your game. So the game is a lot faster so you need to be able to make decisions quicker when you catch the ball or be able to rip it and, and drive downhill and get into the paint and make a play for somebody else. So those are things that, that you know, me personally but our entire team has really been working on this summer and I'm just excited to showcase it here in a few weeks.
2: And uh since since you arrived here at BYU Y two years ago, I, I, I think like every year you've You've made, uh, like, I, I, I mean, that it's, it's always sounds odd to say, but uh, kind of like the uh, like buffer, like you've put in some extra work in the weight room with Coach I It seems like,
4: yeah, Coach Sork is a man. He he is what keeps this thing going um, physically for us. And you know, since the season ended last year to this year, I put on 18 pounds, so it's it's been good weight. I've actually increased my times in all of our speed drills and things like that. So it's 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 just been really good weight, and I feel really good, and yeah. There's just awesome. a
2: lot of excitement too. I think for this this team. I mean, it. I think the past two years, there's been maybe some high preseason expectations. This year's group, it feels like you guys maybe are flying a little bit under the radar, and you got to like that spot considering there, this is still a, a schedule that has a lot of opportunities and chance to to do something special, which is something that po- Coach Pope always loves to do.
4: Totally, that's the thing that I love right now is is we are flying a little bit under the radar. So, you know, I think we're going to surprise a lot of teams. Or we're going to surprise a lot of people. You try not to pay attention to the rankings, but I think we're ranked 44th in Ken Palm preseason, which is a great ranking for us. Obviously, we want to get higher and take that to the next level, but... You know, I, I think we're going to surprise some people. Is
2: three-point shooting, uh, you know, I know last year there were was, was some struggles, and that's just been, I bring that up because it's been a calling card of, of Mark Pope teams that first year. I know you were not part of that first group, but the second year even, there's, there's always been a great three-point shooting. What can we expect from maybe just this team shooting beyond the arc and, and for yourself as well?
4: Yeah, definitely. We, uh, one thing that's really special about this team, I feel like, is we have a lot of shooters and it's not like we have a lot of shoes. We have a lot of guys that are willing to take those shots. Trevin Nell, he announced that you know he's dealing with some shoulder stuff, so he's gonna be out for a couple months. He's been great. He's been breaking down analytics for us about our shot. You know, just kind of where your misses are coming from, where they're hitting the rim when they miss, and and just those trends like that. So he's been feeding us all that information and helping us to adjust our shots a little bit and it's really been working we've seen the numbers go go up for everybody so just just excited to to showcase that
2: our analytics still a big piece with this program i know popes always yeah. big on that
4: huge piece huge piece we uh they're always looking for the new technology um you know we have this new tracking system that the warriors use that kind of tracks your makes your misses the arc you shoot the ball with the depth that it goes into the rim just different things like that so you can adjust your shot you know accordingly to to kind of what's optimal
2: is that Noah's Ark? Is that I know that was used last year, but is, that, is this something different than the Noah's Ark? No, it is Noah's okay. Ark. Yeah. yeah, like Virginia, I think Tony Bennett,
4: and all yeah. those guys. Do it, it it's super cool. Like it, it, it's super complicated. When they start explaining it to you, your head kind of like <laughs> starts spinning. But like you know, once you you kind of get into it and you understand it, it's 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 really cool.
2: You know, just to kind of kind of housekeeping item. Saw so on the official roster, you're listed as a junior, so we can assume that you're going to have a year in the Big Twelve. Then,
4: yeah, I got this year. I got one more year.
2: So, I mean, I, I know that's down the road, but is that kind of hard to kind of put out of sight because that's the toughest league in America?
4: It is. It is. You know, one thing that that we're trying to do here, I, I guess, right now is is just be focused on what's in front of us and just kind of staying in the moment.
2: Well, Spencer, uh, enjoy the moment then, and, and
0: best of luck to you. Stay healthy and uh, look forward to a fun
4: season. Thank you.
0: Great stuff here on Cougar Sports Saturday. That'll do it for Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte, Dallin Graff, sadly, for the final time, we'll miss him. Good luck on your future and our board op, Dave Meekum. Thank you. Until next week, have a great weekend.
1: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden,
8: they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.
2: They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us.